Welcome to Noggin, the Simple Psychology Podcast, where we discuss scientific research in simple and exciting ways that is applicable to everyone. I'm Ben Rasmussen. And I'm McKay Heaton. And we are your hosts. All right, everyone. I want you to think back to a time when you were in the zone with something. Maybe it was work, a hobby, or some other project that you were working on. Did it feel like you were so engaged with what you were doing that nothing else around you mattered? Did you check your watch after a while and realize that more time had passed than you had originally thought? Was this activity intrinsically rewarding? If you can think of an experience that sounds similar to this, then you have had a flow experience, which is what we are going to be talking about today. So flow is a psychological phenomenon that falls under the umbrella of positive psychology. So other areas of positive psychology include things like compassion, mindfulness, meditation, pro-social behavior, pro-social behavior, spirituality, religiosity, things like that. So the, the field of positive psychology is focused on, instead of like with regular therapy, it's taking someone who has some sort of deficit in their life, whether they're really sad, really anxious, or are going through something traumatic and are difficult, and they're trying to return them to some sort of baseline. Whereas positive psychology is how do we take someone who is already at a baseline, or maybe they even have a deficit, but how do we take them past their baseline, and how do we help them flourish is what they often use. So flow is one of those things that helps people flourish. So according to a flow's perspective, a good life is one that is characterized by complete absorption in what one does. So this is where that in the zone comes in. So the conditions of flow include first, perceived challenges or opportunities for action that stretch without overmatching or underutilizing an existing skill you have. Also, a sense that one is engaging in challenges at a level appropriate to one's capacities. So what this means is if you are playing basketball, for example, and that's how you're going to get into a flow experience, if you are someone who is generally pretty good at basketball, you're not going to be playing against NBA players because that's too hard. That's overexerting yourself. And you're also not going to be playing basketball against first graders who are learning how to dribble because that is underutilizing your skill to play basketball. Uh, the next thing that uh, you need for flow is clear proximal goals and immediate feedback about the progress that is being made. So going back to basketball, if you play basketball for three years and you never receive any feedback, meaning you never make a basket, no coach ever tells you good job, no one ever cheers for you, anything like that, if you were to somehow never have any feedback, then that would be missing out. So the feedback is, like I said, making baskets, feeling like you're improving, getting encouragement from others, seeing yourself getting stronger, feeling yourself jump higher, um, improving your coordination, things like that in the context of the example I'm using here, basketball. So once again, the conditions of flow, you need the challenge and you need the feedback. So the characteristics of flow, so what happens during a flow experience includes intense and focused concentration on what you're doing in the present moment. So you're not thinking about anything else besides the activity you're engaged in. Merging of action and awareness, loss of reflective self-consciousness, so loss of awareness of oneself as a social actor. These two things are very related. This just means that you're not thinking, I am playing basketball right now, or I wonder how my hair looks, or I wonder what I'm going to be eating for lunch after this. You are just very engaged in the activity that you are doing. So if you're playing basketball, that's all you're thinking about, but you're not really thinking about the fact that you're playing basketball, you're just there doing it. 
The next one is a sense that one can control one's actions. That is a sense that one can, in principle, deal with the situation because one knows how to respond to whatever happens next. The next one is distortion of temporal experience. So this is typically you feel like time is flying by. You look at your watch and you realize, oh man, I've been doing this thing for a lot longer than I thought I originally had. The last part is the experience of the activity is intrinsically rewarding such that often the end goal is just an excuse for the process. So what that means is it's enjoyable to do this thing just for doing it. And it's not enjoyable because someone's going to give you a reward, but it's just very fun to engage in that. And that last part where the end goal is just an excuse for the process, that means that if you're painting, for example, you're not doing it because of the finished product. The finished product is something that's great, but you're doing it because of the flow experience of painting is enjoyable. You sit down and for hours you just get lost in this painting and you're not thinking about anything else and that is enjoyable and that's why you do it. So that is just a very watered down version of what flow is. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. Awesome. So I can talk about the first research article and This article is super awesome, and it's especially applicable for our older listeners out there. I know there's maybe one or two. (laughs) My my grandma. Um, But we'll all be old someday, so remember this for the next 50 to 60 years of your life. Yes, then it's applicable to everyone. So the author is Payne Jackson No and Stein Morrow. So... Uh, The paper is entitled In the Zone, Flow State and Cognition in Older Adults, and it was published in Psychology and Aging in 2011. So, yes, as you can tell from the title, it's about older adults. So, this research study wanted to see how high cognitive demand activities and low cognitive demand activities influence the ability to get into the flow state, especially in older adults, because they, their sample was 197 adults from Illinois, ranging from 60 to 94 years old. They asked these participants to recall an event that they enjoyed in the past week and to answer questions about it. So that's how they uh, did this experiment. The researchers then sorted the activities the participants chose into two different groups, the low cognitive demand group and the high cognitive demand group. Low cognitive demand tasks were things like attending parties, going to social events, vacationing, watching TV, resting, exercise, etc. So things that aren't you aren't necessarily thinking a lot about. Like it doesn't take a lot of brain power to watch TV. And it doesn't take a lot of brain power to sit on the beach. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And then the high cognitive demand tasks include working, participating in art and music, reading, taking classes of some sort, Sudoku, crossword, puzzles, like mind games, things like that. So these things are things that, you know, you really have to think like, okay, which move do I make next? How am I going to do this next thing? How am I going to coordinate these actions? Stuff like that. So the researchers asked the participants to rate the activities as high cognitive demand or low cognitive demand as well. And it was in line with how the researchers sorted the activities. So they just want to make sure they weren't being biased by things that they thought were highly cognitively demanding or low cognitively demanding. All right. So the results of this experiment are pretty cool. Uh, 
they found that those who had a higher fluid ability tended to experience flow when they were doing high cognitive demand activities. And those who had a lower fluid ability tended to experience flow more when they were doing low cognitive demand activities. So Ben, you might be wondering, what's fluid ability? I am wondering that actually. Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> um, so fluid ability is a fancy way of saying like thinking differently or thinking on your toes. Um, it's kind of like be, having a sharp mind. Uh, that's that's kind of what the meaning of fluid ability is. I don't know if that was clear. Yeah, so just being on one's toes and doing it well. Yeah, yeah. And so the the researchers measured this by giving a battery of tests to their participants. Ooh, new definition for our listeners. What is a battery of tests? Uh, a series of tests, lots of tests, more than one test? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a big word. I just came out of nowhere. I, never, I don't really use that word. <laughs> um but anyway, so they they do they test things like visual spatial processing. So how you process things in your visual field and how fast you are at it. And the faster you are, the faster your fluid ability is. And then your working memory, how long you can hold numbers in your working memory or like facts in your working memory before you forget them. And and the longer you hold them, like the better you your fluid ability is or processing speed or divergent thinking. So these are all cognitive processes that the experimenters use to measure fluid ability. So what that means is that if if you're you know if your mind is a little bit sharper and and this definitely came into play with the older adults, right? Because you know when you're older, you tend to lose some cognitive ability. And so if your mind was sharper, you tended to experience flow with more demanding tasks. So, so that makes sense. So basically, they experienced flow in or they experienced flow doing an activity that fit their cognitive capacities. Exactly, exactly. And it, it kind of ties back to what you said in the beginning when you said about how if you're playing basketball, you're not going to play with NBA players, but you're also not going to play with first graders. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your task matched your ability. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So I think that's a really good transition into our next paper, which is called... Factors Influencing the Occurrence of Flow State in Elite Athletes. It's by Jackson, and it was published in 1995 in the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology. So these researchers wanted to understand if elite athletes experience flow and if they're able to have some control over this state. Researchers recruited 28 elite-level athletes, 14 of them female, 14 of them male, 14 of them from Australia, and 14 from New Zealand. And they were from seven different sports, track and field, rowing, swimming, cycling, triathlon, rugby, and field hockey. And these athletes were elite level in all of their respective sports. Elite. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, this is high-level stuff. So the researchers interviewed these participants and asked them about flow experiences they have had and what those looked like for them. They asked them various questions to understand whether they experienced various aspects of flow and how they achieved that state. So this is another example of a qualitative study as opposed to a quantitative study, where instead of looking at numbers, they're looking at quotes and analyzing interview content. So researchers analyzed the interviews and extracted themes that they found across the various interviews with the athletes. 
So what they found was really interesting. They found 10 themes that helped flow, 9 that presented flow, and 6 that disrupted flow. Also, just as a note, 79% of the athletes felt that they had control over their flow experiences. So in this article, they posted a table that I have here that's really interesting. Just some just to give you an idea of some of the things that helped them have flow, that prevented their flow, and that interrupted or disrupted their flow. So in order to help their flow, they had motivation to perform, they achieved optimal arousal level before complete. So once again, that's not too easy, not too hard. Pre-competitive and competitive plans and preparation. So this is instead of going out and playing a game with no sort of preparation, you have no idea what's going on, no idea who you're playing against, there was preparation and they were ready for the game or match. Optimal physical preparation and readiness. So once again, this is not too easy, not too hard. These players aren't going out and playing their sports totally out of shape. Optimal environments and situational conditions. Performance feeling good. Focus confidence and positive attitude, positive team play and interaction, and positive team play and interaction. And then here's the things that prevented their flow. Lacking motivation to perform, non-optimal arousal level, so either too hard or too easy, problems with pre-competitive preparation, non-optimal physical preparation readiness, so they didn't know who they were playing and they didn't feel like they were in shape enough for it, non-optimal environmental and situational conditions. So... Like we mentioned with flow, it's important to be able to lose your sense of self as you're engaging in something. So instead of you thinking about how, oh, I'm playing basketball right now. Oh, I'm being watched. Oh, this is really nerve wracking. I'm thinking about how I'm playing basketball right now. You're just playing. So if you are engaged in working on your car, you're not thinking about the fact that you're working on the car. You're just doing it. And time is flying by as you do it. So things that stopped or prevented the flow of these athletes was not having an optimal environment for them to get into this space. Performance going poorly, so if they were playing really bad, they didn't really get into flow. Inappropriate focus, lacking confidence and negative attitude, and negative team play and interaction. Things that disrupted their flow were problems with physical readiness or physical state, once again, non-optimal environment, once again, performance errors and problems, inappropriate focus, doubting or putting pressure on yourself, and problems with team performance or interactions. So these things could prevent them from getting into a flow state, or if they already got into a flow state, this could take them out of it. So maybe their team was playing really well for part of the game or part of the match, or they were running really well for part of the race. Something happened, something got into their head, and it kind of knocked them out of this flow state. Maybe it was a problem with their team. Maybe they, they, they weren't playing well. Maybe they started putting pressure on themselves, whatever it was. But this, I, the reason I chose this article was because it is just a really descriptive, real-world example of how flow works in a certain group. So a question that I thought our listeners might have as I'm explaining this article is, do I need to be an elite athlete to experience flow? And the answer is no. Just like we talked about, flow can be experienced by many, many different people, and it's a very personal experience. So whatever it is that you're good at, whatever challenges you, and whatever really interests you and helps you feel good about yourself is something that is likely to help you have a flow experience. 
for elite athletes, flow will probably look different than me playing pickup basketball in the morning with my friends. If I were to go play in the NBA, I would not experience flow. LeBron probably experiences flow when he plays, but not me in the NBA. Same thing if LeBron were to come play pickup with my friends in the morning, he probably wouldn't experience flow. I probably wouldn't either if LeBron was there. But without LeBron, I'm more likely to have a flow experience. So those are our two research papers we wanted to talk about today. So what was one of your takeaways, Ben? So a takeaway I had was it is really important to take some time to find out what types of activities you experience flow in, what really helps you lose a sense of time and allows you to fully enjoy what you are doing. And once again, this looks different for everybody. You might already know something that you really enjoy doing. You might already have, as we're going through this, realized that you have had a flow experience doing whatever it is you do, being in the zone. But like we mentioned, flow is a principle of positive psychology. And positive psychology is focused on helping people thrive and flourish. And having flow experiences is, is something that can really add meaning to your life. So whatever it is that you're good at, whatever it is that you like to do, try and get into a flow state as you do it, and your life will be better off for it. Yeah, one of my takeaways is similar to what you just said, Ben. I, you know, I learned from the articles that I read and especially the article that I talked about that people experience flow in different activities based on their personality, cognitive abilities, etc. So some people might experience flow walking on the beach, listening to the waves. Others might experience flow doing extremely intense tasks like playing Pokemon Fire Red in the, on the Game Boy, you know. <laughs> So, or it's just different. Everybody is different, and it depends on your cognitive ability. And so for yourself, you need to know that for yourself as well. As you change in age and life situation and mental states, maybe your flow experiences are going to change as well. So as you're going throughout life, understand that like, hey, maybe doing something super intense back when you were 15 – is different now that you're 29, you know, because you've changed. And so um, I learned that, hey, hey, right now, the things that I experience flowing might not be the same things that I experience flowing in a couple of years, but I'm going to try and seek out those things like you were saying to figure out what works best for me. And so that encourages me to try new things too and see like, oh, is this going to, you know, like, do you think I could experience flow in this activity that I haven't tried before? You know, so yeah, maybe I need to break out the Game Boy again. Dude, I, yes, you do. <laughs> I yes, definitely do. flowed playing Scooby Doo on the Game Boy. Frogger <laughs> lost a total sense of self and total sense of time. I was in the zone. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> one more takeaway I had with this is that it's important to keep in mind that you don't necessarily need to change around your entire day to have a flow experience. A lot of people have. Lots of things going on in their lives. They don't necessarily have a lot of time to devote to something where they lose a sense of time. If you can, you can flow at work. You can flow at home while you're doing tasks. But setting aside distractions and finding an intrinsic motivation and being more engaged in whatever you're doing can help you have flow experiences. So if you generally enjoy your job, but you will do something and then check an email or you tend to be interrupted a lot, or you interrupt yourself a lot, or you're just doing it for the paycheck or whatever it is, if you can find a way to be intrinsically motivated to encourage yourself and to put yourself in a position where you can lose that sense of time and sense of self, then you can even have a flow experience while you're at work. 
So flow experiences can bring a lot of joy and happiness to life. Feeling like you are so engaged in something that time flies by and that you are doing something valuable to you can be a wonderful feeling. So whatever your life looks like, find some time to have flow experiences. You have been listening to Noggin, the Simple Psychology Podcast. Thank you for listening to our show. We really appreciate it. We have shared with you only two articles of the thousands that have been published on this subject. Though we wish we could go more in depth, we hope you've enjoyed our introduction and interpretation of this topic. We don't claim to know everything, but we have shared with you our takeaways from reading the research. I'm McKay. And I'm Ben. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you.